designers like subtlety and so like really subtle colors like the transition between them but it does make things a bit hard to actually read this episode is brought to you by shopify forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to shopify the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Bang, bang. <laughs> back again. <at> again. <laughs> Welcome back to the Design Huddle. Uh, it's Ryan and Mustafa. We got a packed episode. How are you doing, Mustafa? Yeah, not too bad. It's a nice sunny day for October. I don't know if that's good for the world, but it's quite hot. <laughs> yeah, it's like the the northeast. So I'm in Philadelphia. It's usually, you know, starts to get a little chilly in October. I think we just hit like an 85 degree Fahrenheit day. Um, and it seems like it's going to be like warm all the way up through December, which is not good slash normal for this area. So yeah scary no, I mean, it's, it's, but enjoying it it's like this is so nice but also the world's melting <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's something positive for this week uh you know i think it's 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 a bit cold here as well but it's sunny still which is a bit we'll see we'll see if, if... <laughs> yeah don't worry we're, 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 for the apocalypse you've got your favorite design podcast design huddle to yeah keep yeah you... i mean when you get into your bunker, just make sure you download the episodes in advance, so you do, you know there's no <laughs> lag or anything in case the Wi-Fi goes down. Yeah, um, good, good, good vibes. <laughs> so, a few things. One is it's awesome to see a lot of people from the uh, podcast jump over to our YouTube channel. So that's been awesome. We're seeing some steady growth there. Um, some of the interviews, like obviously, podcast being audio first. Um, we try to describe a lot of this stuff, but on the, if you're interested in seeing some of the visuals, we'll show like the designs we're looking at or the websites or the tools. So if you're looking for a more visual experience, it's a video podcast, um, over on YouTube. So jump over there, subscribe. If you haven't done that yet, um, highly recommend it. We just had an awesome interview with, um, Dave, Ma David Martin from UX hacks. So that's definitely one that I recommend checking out that we recently published. And we also did um, an awesome interview with Melissa um, Livesey, who's the uh, brand strategist. She runs a boot camp for anybody that's interested in like mixing design and marketing. She is like amazing and has all this great insight. She's also the co-host of the future. So quick plug for those two episodes that we recently recorded. So definitely check those out. Um, and then today we're gonna be talking um, a little bit deeper on just actual like websites um, as portfolios. So like. What are some that we like? What are some things, tips, um, and also ways to stand out? Uh, we got a lot of good feedback from last week's episode, so we're going to kind of double down on that and just talk through some examples that we like. And there was one other thing. Oh, I tried to upload a one of our videos to TikTok, and it didn't do great, did. so I'm still figuring <laughs> it out. <laughs> when you say it didn't do great... <laughs> Like 50 people saw it, but I think I'm still <laughs> figuring out how it works. I, I feel like I'm getting, I feel like the music background you pick, the algorithm is like, it's fair. It's fairly, everyone kind of knows about it where it's like, they put you in a pool of a hundred people. And then depending on how the engagement is with those hundred people, you advance to the next, like the next grouping of people. 
So obviously I did terrible in the first grouping because it's a very niche topic of like how to become a brand strategist. So I think one is like my hook wasn't very good. I like cut it in horizontal. The audio was a little like I picked a weird background song. So there's like a lot of things, but I'm going to be experimenting with it. So if people are experts in TikTok or there's like somebody you could point me to to like learn from, let me know. It's very much an experiment, but Mustafa and I have all this awesome content that I want to try out on TikTok. Because yeah. obviously that's where I don't. I don't understand time. TikTok, and I won't pretend to understand it at all. <laughs> uh, it, I, when I first saw it, I thought it was more like comedy videos or like entertainment. Um, I think that's uh, how it started. Like I think it was mostly like funny. Like I would just be dying laughing through like funny clips. But now there's a ton of like educational content on it. Yeah. No, I, I'd, I'd feel too old for TikTok if I'm totally honest. <laughs> <laughs> You know how certain apps have, like, you know, you have to be 13 and over. I think some, like, some apps have, you have to be younger. And I think for me, TikTok, <laughs> I've passed the age. I, I, I'll stick to, like, conventional That's so funny. Things. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I think it's just more of something that I'm interested in uh, trying out. So I, we're going to add a link to the show notes. Um, I just pinged it over to Mustafa. If you're watching on um, YouTube, we'll, we'll share through some of the portfolios. But... Today, we're going to just kind of talk through some of the top UX portfolios um, that we've seen. There's this awesome article from this uh, website called casestudy.club. And they basically just did a roundup of like awesome UX designers and the websites they designed. So we're going to kind of pick and choose. Some jumped out more than other. But the first one I wanted to talk about um, was this guy, Jonathan Patterson. So we'll give a shout out to the actual designers because it is their sites. Um, so Jonathan uh, has worked at Postmates, Ford, and Sony. He's a Detroit-based designer with an unusual portfolio. His personality shines through with humor and sarcasm, both visually and written. So this is like why I wanted to focus on this one to start. I think like the X factor, how to stand out. And I, the way that I think about this is, is like the shareability. If I was looking at this, how likely would I be to share it with a friend or to a coworker to say like, look how cool this portfolio is. So let's take a look at this one. I want to get Mustafa's uh, expertise to start because uh, he is in the process of doing this himself and he's been um, uh, interested in getting looking at other portfolios for inspiration. Yeah, basically stealing ideas, right? <laughs> <laughs> inspired on, by this... ideas. Inspire, you're getting inspired by these ideas. Oh, is that what we're calling it? Okay. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> Yeah, let me, uh, so let's see. Oh, let me jump over to, let me switch sharing um, so I can actually share the exact page. But yeah, well, why don't you check it out and give us a voiceover of what you think so far. Okay, so this is Jonathan Patterson, uh, mm -hmm. the Detroit designer. Um, yeah, I mean, the first thing you land on, like typically like websites, it's like navigation in a row. But what he's done is um, he's divided the page up into six quadrants and each one is like a bright color. Uh, and like a visual thing. So about, uh, I'm not sure what that, what is that? Is that like a drink opener? Like there's a, there's basically, uh, the title of the section, a strap line for it. And then like an image on each one portfolio. Oh, shattering the status quo. I think it's actually like a grenade. Is that, oh, okay. It's, it look like, from that, that looks like, you know, like a water bottle. It looks like, like a both. Yeah, a it does look like a, like a trendy water <laughs> <laughs> This is how you know that we've like, visited San Francisco way too much. Um, <laughs> portfolio is that looks like an award or something. Um, contact is like fold a piece of paper, sup. Um, I don't know what that is. It's just drinks and clients is uh, a world. So 
let's go into um, portfolios. So I don't clients and portfolios as a thing. I suppose it's like who he's worked with and examples of the work. But that's in, I mean, I suppose that's interesting. Let's go into um, portfolio, and that is a really big. Uh, okay, so it's very red. Okay, so now now we've gone into the this section. It's you know pretty standard um navigation top left or top i mean this is top right but like logo top oh, left. oh yeah 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 so that's cool though he used the landing page to kind of stand out and then once you navigate it kind of goes back to a more standard web view with the menu in the upper right um the thing which is i mean it's very intro like one thing i would say is it might be worth having like a um because it's like the row of of the different case studies that he has it might be worth having like a image of each project just to break up the the page a little because it's it's very red and that's quite strong so just going to the first one okay so the first case study he's gone back to white which i think is actually much better visually because it allows the work to actually shine i suppose that's another reason why he probably you didn't use images is because the background of the portfolio section is very red and certain colors just don't look well together so i imagine i have to the say first project, the the polish is like unreal too. It just feels like this is a very well thought out, like every case study feels like its own mini website. Yeah, no, I mean, you can tell that he's put a lot of care into um, to this. And it's, I mean, it's very big and visual. Uh, the question is, is like how much of this stuff do people actually go through in detail? Um, like he's got a lot of detail of like, you know, uh, wire framing and telling the whole story. Um, like one thing, let's see, does he actually do this? Uh, so the first project, a platform that empowers out of home advertisers with data like never before. I, the, um, I'm, I'm curious about the grammar there. That that's very confusing. Having a comma in the title. Uh, <laughs> I've been using Grammarly way too much. It's probably fine. Um, <laughs> faculty, faculty is a SaaS platform that enables business. Okay, right. So this is one of those projects which could be very boring, but he's actually presenting very visually. So that's really nice. Like a lot of yeah, imagery. it looks like it's some sort of dashboard design. So yeah, and the like it's not it's not like it looks like it's B two B, like business to yeah, business probably. versus business to like consumer to business or B two C. So at the end, it's got like hindsight. Um, firstly, wh whose name has been changed so as not whose name has been changed as so as to not affect the SEO ranking as they roll out this is i'm finding the grammar really hard to read i don't know if this is me <laughs> i'm going to open up and this is really harsh what i'm going to do now but i'm opening up grammarly just because i want to i'm terribly dyslexic so sometimes the problem is most likely to be me that's one thing that designers really have to be careful that's why i couldn't advise grammarly uh more than use more than enough because your visuals could look fantastic but if the word yeah this this is completely yeah, there is problems in this. All right, sorry about that, Jonathan. Um, but yeah, and no, I think the visuals are really good. One thing that I would say about portfolios, you what you really need is a too long don't read at the at the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, this was the problem. This is what we did, and this was the end result. And then, if you want to know the how, you read the case study. Like that's so it allows people to say, okay, this visual looks really great, but what actually? How did you move the needle? And I think that's a good habit. You know, big uh, tech companies, they educate you. This is how that you demonstrate impact. And it's hard for designers to do that. But when you start thinking in those terms, it makes, makes you focus that whatever you work on, you think, okay, at the end of this, I need to explain this in a case study or whatever. I need to make sure that 
what the end result and the impact is is really important. But I think visually is quite cool. So you're going to say something and I interrupted you. No, no, I, I kind of agree. I think visually it's awesome. One thing that kind of jumped out at me is I agree. It's a little bit like the first paragraph is talking about the company um, that he worked for rather than the work he did. You know what I mean? Like the port, like there's people, as we know, are going to just kind of skim and look for some key bullets. They might get yeah. one that they go deep in. They want to see the process end to end. So things I like, I think visually it's very compelling. I think the uh, breakdown of like who the audience was, the justification, and then he has a paragraph on like the actual impact that he made is huge. The one thing that I think is missing is just like some data points, right? So people want to say, be able to prove that your data or your, your design helped the business do X, helped customers do Y, you know, did some sort, it added some sort of value to the overarching thing. So I think they, he has something, but I didn't see actual any specific data points. Let me see who was for, how I helped. Uh, yeah, I mean, it gets a, it's, it's really well done in terms of process details and due diligence. Um, the story is compelling and I like how um, if you go towards the bottom, it just kind of shows like the design iterations. So they're not like super high fidelity mocks. They're just kind of like he kind of almost takes out the color and focuses on like the process, which is yeah. really interesting. The second project that he has on his portfolio, I mean, that's very visual. And that's why I kind of feel like those things like um, his design stickers. And I think they're so cute and really beautifully made that it that could be like a huge selling point and that would make people like want to click into yeah so this one this one project. screams like visual designer right the visual illustrator the other one was more of like ux but if you look at how he's branding himself freelance product designer product designers by trade can kind of they're kind of like unicorns they tend to do it all um yeah or for lack of a better word i think of product designers again like titles are kind of BS in a lot in a lot of cases, but they're kind of like full stack designers. They can get into everything from research to do something that's super highly visual. But these stickers are pretty awesome. Yeah, that, that I like. I would lean with that as a visual because all designers like uh, really appreciate visual stuff. And if you're going for a job, or even any anybody who's not even familiar with like the UX process. That's an amazing thing. The only challenge there is people start seeing you as a visual designer, not like a full stack UX designer, uh, or like with the product. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think as a, like some of the other projects, you can see that it's it's very, okay. So they're still working on the other projects. Um, I think it's really really well. Uh, he's got is that tabbed? Yeah. So he's got subsections within things that you. Oh, because I didn't notice that initially. Uh, oh, okay. That's interesting. So if you go into a portfolio section, he's got like a sub navigation um, for each one of the projects so you can jump into them without going back to the portfolio. That um, that felt like it was part of the project rather than part mm. of the site navigation. So that's why I'd say um, perhaps tie it to the navigation. So maybe, you know, but otherwise I think, you know, I mean, my website right now is terrible, so I can't really say much. Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, yeah, I think it's it, it's that. I mean, we're already starting at a very high bar, right? This article is about the 21 best of 2021, so we know that this is going to be the highest bar possible. To me, this site just screams a ton of work. The other small little thing I liked, you see how they have like the uh, 
like the visual like little cropping points around the at the uh, top of the page. Yeah, that's a nice touch. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's jump over to another one. Just and if you wanted to check that out, it's JonathanPatterson.com. Um, but again, super high quality, a really good example of like what to chase if you're looking for portfolio inspiration. A really, a really good site for um, large screens as well. Like that's one thing that I've noticed. Portfolio sites often don't work above or beyond um, nine twenty, or like you know, and that's quite small on a big large screen. Yeah, no, I totally. I think it looks awesome. Uh, I like. I usually like to check on mobile too, because sometimes people are always designing for desktop, which you know it's a portfolio. Like most people are probably want to view it on desktop, but um, yeah, just something to think about, making sure it looks good on mobile as well. So the next one is Life of. Um, I want to say the last name's PAI. I guess it would be Pay or Pi. Maybe it's Pi because it's Life of Pi. <laughs> How would you pronounce PAI? Yeah, probably Pi. Uh, so it's well, my, yeah, but I mean, again, uh, a senior product designer at Spotify. Okay, so this is quite already exploring living in New York City, which I feel like is a very like sought after company right now. So this might be a really good example to see what the bar is. The color is really nice, really like calming compared to um, Jonathan's one. This is like a complete opposite in terms of like the brightness. Yeah, so you come in there, it's very minimal up top, two tabs, working about, she kind of has her personal, uh, like, I guess, branding, which is just like this cool V, and then a very short intro, and then you jump right into the work. So in terms of just like minimal and conveying the uh, <laughs> what she does, it's like very clear and it's very easy. So um, what are your thoughts on this box and annotations uh, case study? Uh, the first thing I'm noticing is the site's taking quite a while to load, but then that's probably because of the images. So I'm wondering what they've mm. used to design this because they've got like this custom um, loading bar that's pretty across the top. So I'm just waiting for it to load. Uh, the other thing I'm noticing is not uh, on, on HTTPS, which again, it's mm. so then basically you don't see the padlock on in Chrome. So that is a small thing, but then these are engineering things, which how much of a designer should do this stuff, but I guess like the small things. Um, yeah, this is taking forever to load for me, so I can't really see. Um, all I can still see is the homepage. Mm, yeah. Is that loading for you as well? I'm not. I'm going to try a different one. Um, I'm going to try so this box, box workspaces. I mean, the, the only thing quite... I would say is the call to action button, it says view. It's really difficult to see, so I'd be a little concerned from like an accessibility standpoint. Yeah, um, I like how minimal it is, but like I can barely see view against the. It's like a gray text against the gray background. It's just like pretty difficult to uh, to click on. Um, I'm not getting. Yeah, I'm not able to advance. I don't know. Maybe the something's. Yeah, the site might be broken. Um, oh well. All right, but well, I mean, let's... as. as... As, as pastel colors, it's really, really nice. I mean, you know, um, but like, this is what I was saying. The difference between this and Jonathan's one is like having a thumbnail, which actually people can actually see the work at a high level and then dip in depending on the role that they're looking at. So I think that's really nice. The typography is really nice as well. Um, it's a shame we can't really see much more than that, but let's jump on to the next one. All right, cool. Let's try. Um, let me see here. Uh, why don't you pick the next one? 
how about the next one uh, along was it Kaisen Dana let's check out yeah let's check out Kaisen okay so the loading is really really different okay cool it's black uh, as you scroll things start to appear that seems to be fashionable to animate content as it comes in um, yeah, I mean, it kind of just puts. We've t- we had an episode about we, how we just make it more compelling during the load phase. So I, I like it. I think it's a nice touch, especially if you're loading a lot of like heavy visuals. Yeah, what's interesting is like the layout. It's quite condensed at the top when it first loads, but as you go down, it takes the full width, which I think is really nice on widescreens. Um, and then you know, obviously, it repositions itself for mobile. Uh, so yeah, it's very dark. I mean, that's one thing that becomes quite apparent. Dark mode. Uh, I'm going to go. Dark mode's trendy. <laughs> I don't really like dark mode personally. Uh, so I've tapped on brand no, I'm design. A big, so now I'm a big, I'm a big dark mode guy. So that will have to be that later on. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've, I've tapped on brand design. Um, it says I build and activate brands through strategy, emotion, visuals, and creative expression. I like to make the little things better and the big things awesome. So that's really cool. He's just giving like, his philosophy. Um, Again, the the type. Again, we might because we 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 have accessibility stuff drilled into us, Ryan, from like the last how many years now, working yeah. on stuff like this. But I, I think the it's a. I know designers like subtlety and so like really subtle colors, like the transition between them, but it does make things a bit hard to actually read. Um, the video stuff I really like. He's got videos playing that instead of having just a static image, that becomes part of the, um, oh, the case super study cool. or the introduction. Oh, wow. Uh, he was the lead UX designer for Boosted Boards, which is like an electric skateboard company. That's really cool. No, that's very nice. Super um, So you should go into, uh, say, Boosted, which is one of the case studies. Is the image cropped there? Well, that's a bit like the, the fade. Um, oh, wait a second. I think I know what's happened. That image is not... Uh, so the gradient on the image doesn't match the background, and I don't think it's been... My guess is this was not designed for a widescreen. And that's mm. why that's doing that. Um, so, yeah, this is the thing. I mean, it's really hard for individuals to test their site on multiple devices because what's the expectation there? Um, but that, So that's pretty hard. The type's quite nice. Um, he does go into quite a bit of detail. Very visual, a lot of visual graphics. Centerline text, I don't know if that's really a good thing. But then the imagery is really, really tight. I mean, I have to say, like, obviously, because this is like the... Yeah, the other thing to note too is so Kaisen's doing an awesome job of branding himself not only as like a UX digital designer, but also an art, like an art direct, like an art director. So yeah. I think this is a really strong portfolio for that art director piece. Where if you're yeah. going to put that on your portfolio, you have to have like very strong visuals to justify that. Um, so yeah, I think this is like a really, really good example for anybody that's looking for more of like brand design and art direction. I would definitely check this one out. Um, we also, I, I know ask we, you some, yeah, sorry, just, I want to ask you like, what do you think about, uh, a designer who actually just hires an engineer to build a site for them? Because I think there's a lot of owners expecting the designer to build the site themselves. And that's an actual like proper skill. And how do you realistically do that if you've got a full-time job? That's the question, like, you know. Well, the other, um, I, I would say I would be completely fine if they outsourced it, right? Because it's very rare, unless you're working at like a startup, that you're doing the visual design, then you're coding it, and then you're testing it. Like, 
I, I think outsourcing it just shows that you're, you know what you're good at and you're doubling down on your core skill set. Um, I think that's harder where everyone wants to take it on designers. The really good designers that I know tend to like own and have their be involved in the process end to end, but I'd be completely fine with that. If it had said like my friend developed it and I paid them to do it, like why not? Yeah, and no, it's a bit like, I suppose, if you're a, a rapper and you're having a ghostwriter, that's the question. <laughs> like, how much of the authenticity of the person, but then if these are technical skills, which are really... See, I would yeah, argue it's of the... like a rapper that's like, it's like a rapper that the producer's making the beat, and then the rapper's yeah, still rapping over it, versus, like, you're, the rapper doesn't need to be an expert in making the beat, but it, the beat is like what makes the song possible, so the website is what brings the visuals to life. I don't know. Maybe it's a bad metaphor, but that's kind of how no, I no, no. You know, I think you're right. I mean, especially if because they're like the producer, the one who's actually putting it all together. Um, but the core message is still coming from the 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 artist, right? So yeah, which is why I think a lot of designers, and I would recommend designers thinking about using something like Wix or mm -hmm. like some of the other sort of site making tools, um, because the other things like you want to think about performance and making sure the site is secure. You can't be an expert in everything. Um, yeah, I think that's the thing. Anyways, that, I think that's like a perfect summary, though. Like, you can't be an expert in everything. Why not outsource or like hand it off to someone else that can do the job more effectively? Also, you have to imagine if you're spending most of your time being a visual designer, there's going to be people that are going to be able to code and produce a high quality website at much faster. So, if you're valuing your time, if anything, I think it shows that your your ability to prioritize and making sure that you're focusing on what you're good at. Um, I have a question for you, though. Stepping back. Is you is a UX design portfolio really necessary? Uh, I mean, from my own personal experience, having a slide deck with free case studies and sending people links, it has been as effect has actually been more effective than an actual website. Uh, and I'm only saying that, but then after full disclosure, my website hasn't been updated more in over six years. Uh, so sending people there as an example of my work has been but not necessarily the thing which I've been using. Uh, one thing I have seen though, so when people, some companies, when you apply for them, they expect to have a site or a PDF, Yeah. which I think is weird for like UX designers, especially if you like, I have a lot of prototypes and animation in the work that I do. How, you, you can only really feel the experience and see like, like having the static visual and then the animated thing, the whole thing just pops when you see the animation. It really just, you understand like what's going on. Well, if it's just static, visual you're looking at well the shadows that they're using and like small details which you might not have control over because that's part of the design system or the brand or whatever or the operating system that you're working on so having the animation i think is so important and so what i like to do is have animated gifs that you put into slide decks and then share that so then you can tell the story and the slide deck as a format works really well to storytelling because each slide can focus on a different portion of the project uh, and obviously limited space forces you to just put everything on there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, for especially junior folks or um, you need a place where people can just see your work, especially if you're freelancing, if, if especially if you're selling yourself as their own company, you need to have case studies. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's definitely it's based on circumstance. I would say the more if you're more uh, junior, I actually think it adds more value. When you're more senior and you have multiple roles at companies, I don't know that they're gonna, you're gonna be more into the strategy world. So sure, I think it'd be yeah. helpful, but 
when you're trying to the, the best value of a UX portfolio or just like a design portfolio in general is that it is an opportunity to showcase your personality. So like, let your personality come through. Like we are far removed from the land of like trying to convey that in a CV, which is like the opposite of what you should do for you. Like some, anybody that's a visual designer, because it's like, yeah, well, let me use words to demonstrate how creative and unique and like thoughtful I am. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like just some, just, just some thoughts. I wanted to get that, but, and then going back to, to this design from, uh, from Kaisen, uh, what were your other thoughts? Uh, I think, uh, really strong visuals. Again, it, these are, f uh, uh, three completely different portfolios of different focuses. Um, and so I think this, it, it's really nice. So really, whenever you're working on your portfolio, this is what I'm doing. So basically, I'm talking to myself now. Is you have to figure out what it is that you're trying to do. Uh, with my portfolio site, a big emphasis I've always done is the blog because I've got books which cite articles. And I feel like it's a courtesy to make sure that those books remain relevant, to make sure that the blog aspect of my site stays up. So the portfolio side of it has always taken second fiddle to like or play second fiddle to um, the main blog site. So a lot of the designs I've been doing for desktop and mobile has been that. But looking at these portfolios, maybe think about widescreen um, and things to consider when designing for widescreen as well. Uh, if it's worth doing that to the fullest, because the thing is, the more stuff you, if you you can't you can't have text that stretches the entire screen because it becomes unreadable. But the more stuff you add to the sides of things, the harder it is to focus on one specific thing. So then you have to think about cleverly how do you utilize all of the space. Um, and so thinking about the different specs and which is why I think sites like Wix and these pre-made systems that allow you to just focus on the case study aspect. So you're not just thinking about building yeah. is a good way to go. If you've got time, building something really custom is great. But realistically, how much time do you have? Uh, and I was going to ask that. Are you OK with someone using like a Wix or, uh, you know, Square yeah, of course. Yeah, I think because so, too. What's the I think what's the objective of the person is to showcase their work for sure. Um, if they're a front-end engineer or front-end developer, then there's an emphasis that you should be building your site because that's you're, you're demonstrating your skills with your own thing. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, the other thing is, like, as you're mentioning, is I've seen really senior, famous UX designers. They don't have a single piece of work on their portfolio. They talk about clients, but uh, because it becomes really hard to update case studies every six to 12 months because that, that requires work. But if you just speak about the skills that you have and the people that you've worked with, that's sufficient. If someone wants to get in touch, then you can have a one-to-one -one conversation and you have to worry about NDAs and all that. Yeah, I think we you hit the nail on the head, right? Your portfolio content will vary depending on seniority. So I think that's something that's huge. But I do think there's elements that every portfolio should have. I do think that having examples of companies that you've worked with, that's social proof, showing your process, and having like leading with some high-quality visuals early are all things that like you know I think add some additional you know, boost and like rec recognition. Um, but yeah, let's look at this. Let's look at one more. All right, cool. Um, all right, which one do you want to do? You pick. Uh, you pick one. Uh, I'm up. Let's pick. Mm, let's pick Liz Wells. I like <laughs> that it's her seems super minimal. Um, so I want to see how. Let me share my screen for anybody watching on. YouTube, so they can kind of see the visual here. Liz Wells, whoa, super. <laughs> this is cool. 
So white background, white, white, white background, really leaning into typography, which is like pretty cool. You don't see this as much. So Liz is a senior product designer at Squarespace in Brooklyn. Um, oh, it's cool when you hover over. Whoa, when you hover over the project, it shows you like a <laughs> like a summary of what the project was. This is cool. So it's basically just like a link, like a link bank of the projects. Um, so let's take a look at Sidewalk Toronto because this one looks like pretty visual. Let me check this out. Uh, so leading with the visual, oh wow, it's a video too. So it kind of gets, that's really cool. Oh wow, that's really cool. So the this video- is by far the cleanest one of the lot. Yeah, yeah, it's really like, the video is a really nice touch because then you get the point that you were mentioning. Like there's things that you spend on the animations, the transitions, like to make the site feel like more modern and interesting. And I think the video is a really compelling way to do that. So I'm glad we stumbled upon this one. Um, yeah, she's actually scrolling through the actual site so people can actually see what it looks like. Also, because it's worth noting that um, sites will change with time. And so six months later or 12 months later, they could hire a different designer to just change stuff and they could end up ruining your design, changing things. And so if someone clicks on a link, they'll say, well, this isn't the thing. So having a recorded scroll of the site so that people can see what you actually designed or the point you handed off um, is really cool. Yeah. Um, I like it's how... Very, I mean, it's, it's very go. visual. Like, yes, yeah, so I was going to say, she, what I like is the fact that she allows the imagery to shine rather than getting distracted with background colors and all that stuff. Yeah, and I think this the other thing that I like about Liz's uh, profile is that it shows the process. You and I kind of joke about like, it's pretty standard to show like sticky notes and like user flows and sketches and wireframes. I personally like seeing seeing it, like if it's done well and it's not like overdone. I do like to see that people are still putting like pen to paper at times. Again, if you did it, you know, using balsamic or some visual tool, like also totally fine. But um, that jumps out. That jumps out at me as cool. And the other thing that like I really like about this site, I think the typography is kind of cool. It's like unique. Um, that kind of like leaves you like it's it's not like your traditional Helvetica. So that's the other thing that kind of stands out. <laughs> it's like leading yeah. into just being kind of like unique. But in terms of documenting a process, this is by far the best that we've seen to date. It kind of gets into like how. From like from high level like site hierarchy to user flows to traditional like wireframes which are just like gray box with like with titles and um, text, and then it gets all the way down to the more highly visual aspect of it. So um, it's really cool. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. That's no, very very nice. I, again, it's like widescreen is not something I've ever considered for a long time because I've been designing a lot of mobile stuff. So it's nice to see how people filling the space. It's also you see some of the struggles of like typography on widescreen is the thing which I've seen. And one of the solutions is to up the type size, mm -hmm. um, which I'm not sure really works because it things when type like when you think about big type, the connotations is like high, um, kindergarten because kids write really big. And so those kind of things I'm not sure work as well. Like there's a certain type size where things become a bit too clumsy looking. And, you know, certain typefaces were only designed for small sizes. 
So you have to make sure when you choose a typeface, it's designed for larger sizes as well as smaller sizes, or at least like scalable in that respect. Um, so yeah, and no, I think this is a really nice site. All right, cool. Let's bring um, let's, let's bring it home with top a couple, tips. Yeah, a couple rapid fire questions for you. Do you think it's necessary to have video in your UX portfolio? I think it helps. Um, in the same way, like 15 years ago, having a responsive site would be, oh, this is responsive. I think having videos is like, yeah, I think if, if you're an interaction designer, product designer, having the interaction visible on your site, I think helps. Do you, how about this question for you? Do you think you should put the project that you're the most proud of or your most recent? How should you organize your portfolio? Put your best work in there and whatever that is, um, you know, cause you need to show like, cause the, the thing is the most recent project you work on may not actually be that good because of just, you have to get something done. Like there's stuff which I've worked on recently, which is not great, but in the constraints is you have to get through it. So, but I wouldn't necessarily advertise that I did that because it wasn't a great solution. Uh, so put your best work. So I remember when I was in university, when we used to have leather bound portfolios uh, <laughs> and as a graphic designer, um, they say, what work you should put, they say, someone say, put your best work in the front and then one a really good piece in the middle and one at the end. And the uh, now late uh, creative director of the BBC, who was like one of our course things, he goes, no, you put your best project is the first one, your best project is the second one, your best, every project. Yeah, it should just be, in. yeah. I think that's You should not advice. have weak, weak projects in there because if you're unconfident about them, then you should drop them. Yeah, that's that's awesome. All right, so one last question, and then we'll bring it home. Uh, do do you think UX researchers, so other end of the spectrum, not visual, would benefit from having a UX portfolio? I think for outcomes, absolutely. Like, because the thing is, a lot of researchers work on stuff that trigger projects. You know, like th th some a discovery they had led to a feature being redesigned, yep. or a feature being launched, or a product product being launched. So I think having the methodology and the stuff that they did, and this was the outcome, it shows that because um, as a researcher, you're going to be interviewed by product people as well. So if they can see, oh, look, this person is is uh, being able to turn their research, which can sometimes be ambiguous, into something practical that can be applied into real world products. So absolutely, if you can. I mean, look, anything that you can do that shows the product and the process and the outcomes, again, I'm all about the impact. If you can demonstrate the impact clearly, then it shows that you're thinking about the design with an end goal rather than, you know, rolling the dice and hoping for the best. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Any, any, let, let, let summarize, what are your top tips? So if you scroll to the end of this episode and you just wanted some things to walk away with. Think about, um, the way you should make it. So, I mean, your portfolio is a product. So think about the best way, like what's your best possible products. Think about Wix and other site builders to do the heavy lifting for you. Um, if you want to build something custom, think about finding a programmer from like Fiverr or wherever that can actually do a job properly. So you can actually think about designing the interactions really richly. Um, sorry, someone's doing drilling work near me. So that's really good timing. <laughs> um, think about widescreen, think about mobile, uh, consider that, uh, accessibility because some of the sites we saw like the colors were a bit off and because again it's like as a product designer these things will stand out and scream at you especially like if you're going for ux roles and leaning with your visuals like you know the first site was very visual but you didn't see the visuals until you, a few clicks down so um you know 
I think if you're an, a very visual illustrative designer, then you should lean into that. And yeah, and also I need to work on my own site. So yes, I yeah, am. Yeah, disclaimer, mine's, mine's <laughs> literally not even a portfolio. So I've also moved more to the product world. So that's a totally different conversation that we can unpack on future episodes. But um, yeah, thanks Mustafa for kind of leading us through that. We'll link out to the article that just shows the top 21 from casestudy.club. Um, check out, there's a, there's like 21 examples on there. Obviously we didn't have time to go through all of them. We picked three. They're all great. I think you can pick and choose. It's really taking the top notch of already like, you know, the best portfolios across the web and getting some inspiration, seeing what are the trends, what are the overlaps. But, um, also if you're interested in like sharing your portfolio, send it over to us. We'd be happy to spend, you know, five minutes on an episode reviewing it and giving feedback in real time. If you're open to that, um, We'll drop a, usually leave our email in the uh, uh, show notes as well. So we can, we can add that as well. So if you want to get in contact with us, but yeah, that's it for design huddle today. Uh, tune in next week. And if you haven't done so jump over to YouTube, smash the subscribe button. Um, and we appreciate all the comments. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> it's very abrupt. All right. See you, everyone. Bye. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Design Huddle. The opinions expressed are solely our own and do not express the views or opinions of our employer.